we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Dream Architect Life Podcast. Brittany Anderson here with a special guest, Christine McCarran. Christine went from less than zero to a seven-figure net worth starting at age 50, thanks to her passion for real estate investing. Through her coaching, her courses, her podcasts, and her books, she loves sharing what she's learned to help other women exceed their expectations and create a legacy. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. I'm excited. Well, I am also excited to have this conversation because your topic is just so near and dear to my heart. Your whole path has been centered around how you serve women. And, you know, I love to give a shout out to the women that tune into this episode, but also to the gentlemen who tune in to hear more about creating their dream architect life. There are so many golden nuggets that they're going to take away today. Uh, Without further ado, Christine, I know I gave just your high level bio, but share with me your journey, kind of what got you to this point and what was that kind of pivotal change for you that flipped the switch and said, next chapter is my best chapter. It wasn't actually that difficult to make it the best because I had just been floating along really through life, just like, oh, what do I want to do? Blah, blah, Really very unfocused. And then all of a sudden I was 50 and I was like, oh my God, well, that's it. I just wasted my whole life. And now there's no time to do anything because now I'm too old. And I, I felt that way for a couple of weeks, just sort of like, oh, you're such a loser. Oh, I can't believe it. And then I went to my aunt's hundredth birthday party and I walked in there and she was a superstar. She was so incredibly smart and lucid. She was, she continued painting. She was, she was an artist and she painted till she was 103. So you can just imagine when I walked in there and she's got her sash on, that says hundred years old. She's got her tiara. And I just looked at her and I thought to myself, Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Oh my heavens. I have 50 more years. I have 50 more years to get this thing right. But I did feel at that point, a little bit of a push. <laughs> like Maybe you don't want to take the whole 50 years to get your act together. So I just started thinking about what do I really want to do? What do I really want to accomplish? And then got to work. And it was much easier, I guess, than I thought it was because I had that major scarcity mindset coming into 50. Mm. And then it just started to little by little peel away. Yeah. You know, Christine, I, I'm, I'm kind of chuckling to myself as you're sharing this because I can think of so many people, you know, be it clients or even just kind of people in the entrepreneurial world that we've had the, the, the great pleasure of meeting and interacting with. 
And there's definitely a theme out there where people get to this certain point and it's like this, the stop button happens where they go, wait a second, what have I done with my life? Or even bigger yet is what the heck am I going to do now? So would you say outside of your, your aunt's hundredth birthday, which is so amazing, what, what are the other things that you found that started maybe helping shift your mindset from scarcity to abundance? That it was a, a lot of educating myself, a lot of reading books, like thinking grow rich and just understanding. And also, I think there's also a little element of trial and error where you're, you're going into a situation, you think, oh, how, how is this going to work? How could this all possibly come together? And then all of a sudden it does. And you're like, huh, that was kind of magical. And let's, let me try a little more, a little more. And so there is that addition, the, the additional self-confidence comes along with being a little bit more risk-taking, a little bit more, let's just allow the universe to bring this whole thing together in its own magical way. And I don't need to architect everything. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, you said something that I want to make sure we push on here. You made the comment about trial and error. And I think all too often when people are thinking about shaping their future, when they're thinking about their next steps, they think that if they fail one time, it's time to throw in the towel. It wasn't meant for me. It wasn't my calling. And I think something that you've proven is no, you just have to kind of get back up, dust yourself off and let's try it again. It's, it's testing phase. It's seeing what works, what hits, what doesn't. So can you talk a little bit about, cause I fully believe in people learning from others mistakes in some, some stretch. So can you think of a time in your life where you had a really difficult lesson that you learned and what that did for you? Well, just to Brittany, to pick up on what you were just talking about, it could also be a lesson. It's not actually the lesson, but you're so right because there was, I actually, there was a time in my life when I said, I guess I'm just not cut out to be a real estate investor because I had done just such a terrible job, but why did I do a terrible job? Because I didn't bother to ask questions. I didn't learn. I didn't ask, you know, I didn't read anything about it. I just thought, oh, you know, if you're not born being able to do it, then it's just not like that. Everything had to be an innate talent, which of course it doesn't. And realizing that each hiccup, each problem, each thing you like, instead of saying, oh, I guess I'm just not cut out to do that. Right. What if the, the first person that ever tried anything said, well, I'm just not a natural athlete. Forget it. Right. But to say, okay, I learned that now I won't do that again. I won't make that mistake again. And, and being able to figure that out is really what has allowed me to advance. There were a lot of times when, when I felt like, okay, <laughs> this is, this is not, life is not good. I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not able to do this thing. And then just necessity. I mean, I'm thinking about actually when I, when I left my unhappy marriage and felt like it, it, I just made so many excuses to stay, right. You can just make all these, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. He's just in a bad mood, <laughs> just whatever. but he's been in a bad mood for three months. Maybe that's not normal. <laughs> and then you just make that big giant step to say, okay, I'm going to, I, I need to do this. I need to take this thing on. I need to own it. And and then once you do, yes, it's scary, but it's also just so incredibly liberating. And so like, you just feel like, oh, I'm on the edge of this really breezy cliff, but it's, it's okay. It feels good. <laughs> it, 
You know, I'm so glad that you went this direction to Christine, because I've shared on this podcast before that, that I've been divorced. I've gone through that turmoil and all of us, we can think of major times in our lives where we've had to make major, massive, pivotal moves and they can be scary and they can be daunting. And it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your status. Scary stuff happens and, and things that, that maybe you didn't anticipate or expect. So one thing that we talk about a lot, we've talked about this in our latest book, Dream Architecture. We talk about it on the podcast. It's like part of the daily language. It's all about who you surround yourself with. And a lot of times when we get into those dark head spaces, or let's just call them the valleys, right? When we're not on those peaks, when we're <laughs> down in the valleys, being able to have people around you that not only can you model after their success, their happiness, their, you know, whatever it is that brings joy that you see this congruency in yourself, but really being able to allow people to step in and help pick you up and help guide you. So can you just talk a little bit to that concept and maybe some people in your life that have really helped you kind of stay the course and get back up on the horse per se. Yeah, it's so true. And it works both ways, right? You're trying to get up and someone keeps, they're not comfortable with that change and they want to keep bringing you down. And that was an ongoing argument that I had with my husband at that time is that he, I was going back to school and he was just like, so nervous that I would meet someone smarter than him, that he was grouchy for days after I'd go to school. So how much harder is it, right? A a, a regular person just gets up, goes to school. Hey, that was, you know, maybe that's their schoolwork that's challenging, but this is your whole life that's challenging. So I did, I'm going to tell you a little quick story about a situation, a decision that I made that was absolutely life-changing. And I can track a lot of my future, you know, my current success to that one decision. And I had just... I was feeling kind of like I needed a little motivation. So I said, well, I'm going to go on to Brian Tracy's website and see if he has a new book or something. And I don't know what led me there, right? This is one of those things you're just following the path. And I got onto the website and, you know, was doing my little going down the rabbit hole. And I found this thing, Brian Tracy Speaker Academy. And I said, oh, wow, that sounds interesting. So I filled out the little form and I didn't see anywhere on there where it said how much it cost. So, <laughs> so I filled it out and, and then some guy calls me and he's like, oh, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, I said, I don't know anything about it. How much is it? And he said, well, it's $10,000. I said, what? I said, oh, right. Well, forget it, forget it, dude. I don't know. I have $10,000. And he said something in that call. I'm sure he didn't realize it. But he said something about the people who would be there. And I had just heard probably Jim Rohn say, because I was listening to lots of stuff at that time, lots of self-motivational stuff. And I just heard Jim Rohn say, you are basically the sum total of the five people who you spend the most time with. And he said, and you know, a lot of people, these are people who come who are heads of industry and they're this and that. And, and that quote popped into my head. And I said, if you want to meet some people who are going to be in a whole nother level, then you need to go to this thing. And so I said, all right sign me up. And so there we were sitting in scarcity mindset. I don't have $10,000. There's no way I can do this thing. But of course it just comes. You don't know where it came from, but you just pay that bill. And, and that one decision was so life-changing because of that, because of the people who I met there. And then he suggested, oh, you should go to the national speakers associations, having their big influence conference. So I went there and I met people there. Right. And it's just like completely transformed the group of people who are now part of my life. Mm. 
I love that story so much. And, you know, again, I think, I think about my own path and times where I've taken a chance and invested in myself and how that's been a catalyst for massive growth. That's something that we talk to again, clients and friends and entrepreneurial people alike. It's, you know, how do you take a bet on yourself and how do you put yourself in the room with the people that can make things happen for you? And if you just truly come into there leading with your own value, right? Like going into it saying, I'm here, I'm giving to give, I'm going to give all of myself in here. And I'm not here to get, I'm not here to just receive. I'm here to actually make an impact on other people's lives because all of us have something that we can bring to the table that is so powerful and that can be so impactful for somebody else. So Christine, that's such a wonderful story. And I think that uh, it makes me wonder, actually, the thing that came to my mind is how many people in that room probably had a similar kind of visceral reaction that you did where they're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to scrounge this money together, but I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to make it happen. So it's just so magical about how people can come together in that way. So it's interesting because they offer a money back guarantee, right? So yeah. I could have right up to the last minute. And there was one person in the room. There were only 10 of us allowed in the, in the course. It's a very in-depth, he's there, you know, you're, yeah. you're having a really in-depth experience with Brian Tracy. And th- this one woman came, she was there for the first day. And then she just, first she was late. She was like a couple hours late for the first day. And then she just like, oh, you know, I have to drop out. And I thought to myself, right? She's just not ready. She's not ready for this experience. But I thought there is no way I'm dropping out. There's no way I'm asking for my money back. I'm going to get the most out of this thing. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it is funny. And I think you, you made such an impactful statement there that she's just not ready yet. And I think that's something to bring awareness to is that we have our own limiting beliefs and you know, what's the saying? It's like, if if you want it, you'll make it happen. If you don't, you'll make an excuse. And I've seen that show up so many times in my own life too, where it's like, I might say, you know, I'm going to go on a path of healthy eating and I'm really going to focus and I'm going to drill down. And then that chocolate chip cookie hits the counter and I'm like, but do I really want to eat healthier? Do I want that? I'll start tomorrow. (laughs) I'll start tomorrow. (laughs) So, you know, I think there's so many times that shows up in life in general, where we just have to make a choice. And if it's meaningful and it's impactful, we will find a way. Uh, So that, that brings me to my next question for you, Christine, you know, when we're talking about putting yourself in rooms with people and who you surround yourself, you you have had the great opportunity to coach people and to impact people through your work. So I would be curious, where do you see people getting in their own way the most? That's a great question, Brittany. There are so many places and but it all basically comes down to scarcity, right? I'm too old basically means I don't have enough years left. I don't have the money, right? They're, they're, they're just, there's always like, oh, there's just not enough. They're, I don't have the time. I don't have the money, but it all comes down to scarcity. And when you, as exactly what you said, when you prioritize what you, when you can really and truly envision that person who you can become, knowing that that person is out there calling you and waiting for you, right? That's, I don't remember what the whole thing is, but the, you know, you're laying on your deathbed and all the people who you could have become are there standing around your hospital bed and they're all really pissed off. (laughs) Because you have so much more. I don't care who you are or where you are. You have so much more that you can be and do and have and experience. And until you can create that dream, until you can really have the courage 
to create that dream and see that person. And what we do with coaching is to help you to dust off that person, to find that person, but you have to be engaged in being willing to do that work, being willing to find that person. Because like I said, that person is out there. That person who would be angry at you on your deathbed <laughs> is there. And you just need to, to be willing and have the courage to find that person. Mm, I think that's so beautiful. And, you know, you make me think about actually for those watching this podcast on our uh, YouTube channel. So there's this book, it's Keith Cunningham, the road, less road stupid. Less stupid. <laughs> he says at the end of it, he's, he talks about how hell on earth would be meeting the man or woman that you were supposed to be. And that has rang so true to myself, to my co-host, Brian Sweet here. You know, that's something we talk about a lot is, you know, we're, we're all put here for a reason, regardless of what your, your faith, your religion, your, your beliefs, whatever that is, we're all here for some purpose. And it's our job to lean into that and to really figure out what that impact is meant to be. So I think that you hit the nail on the head, Christine, when you're talking about how, you know, sometimes we just have to peel back those layers and you just have to be open and willing to receive. And you make me think about, I think about your, your story of your family member's hundredth birthday party. I think about my co-host, Brian Sweet. He had a wonderful, wonderful aunt Jean and aunt Jean was a lifelong learner. Um, she was somebody I did an interview with her. I think she was when she turned 90, I think it was. And, and we talked about like what she does every day and what she's looking forward to. And she was going to some painting class and she's like, I'm no good at it, but I figured why not learn? Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this woman is amazing. Like if she can sit there and put her mind to something, I have zero excuses. Right. It's really, it's humbling. New. Yes. Yes. So I, I just, I love that so much. I, I want to flip the switch a little bit. And, you know, one thing I think that has kind of come out as an underlying theme in this conversation is we've talked a lot about, you know, these moments in time where you kind of look at where you've come versus where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that where people can get stuck is not having a clear vision for their future and not even knowing where the heck to start. So one of the things that I, I love to ask our guests on this show, when you think about that big vision for your life, when you think about dreaming big, what does that mean to you? One thing that I did as part of, with one of my mentors is to write my obituary and to look back and say, okay, not look back, <laughs> look forward and think yes. how I would want to be remembered. And that for me ended up when I really started to sort of meditate on that, that it's important to me to support the community and the arts and things like that. So I have on my obituary that I've donated millions of dollars to the arts and that I'm remembered as a patron of the arts and right. All this kind of stuff that I'm still was out at a very old age, attending the theater and things like that. And so, okay, now how do, who do I have to be today in order to be donating millions of dollars to the arts? And you, you can't wait and say, Oh, well, when, when I'm making X amount of money, then I'll donate, then I'll be giving, then I'll share. No, of course you have to start that today. So it does impact once you can figure out how you'd like to be remembered. And maybe it's just that I want to be remembered that I was a wonderful parent or I, I mean, and I say that I'm not, I don't have any kids. So I don't say, I don't mean that as a trivial thing, but if that's who you want to be remembered, what do you have to do? What does that mean today? What If you want to be remembered as a person who was very healthy and spry into their old age, 
what does that mean today? Right. Does that mean you're going to say, Oh, I'll just start my diet tomorrow and eat this chocolate chip cookie today. <laughs> and so I love that you flip that back on me. <laughs> I said, I'm going to eat all the cookies and that way I won't be tempted. Once I start my diet, <laughs> just clear them out of the house. Right. Exactly. Just clear that all out. <laughs> Hey, Brittany here. In case you hadn't heard, our latest book, Dream Architecture, is available for the taking. Think about it like this. What is your biggest, wildest dream of what retirement could look like? Not the dream that your friends have or your parents maybe had or your coworkers. Your best dream, the unreasonable one, the one that you might have trouble admitting even to yourself. So that is what the Dream Architecture book is about. Hop on over to dreamarchitecturebook.com so you can start dreaming big today. Uh, you know, I think I think that's so powerful. And that exercise for anybody tuning in, if you haven't gone through the exercise of writing your own obituary, do it. It is it is a powerful exercise and it can be emotional and it can be tough because nobody really wants to think about when when you're not here anymore. But I think you are so dead on when you talk about how it helps you to align with yourself with what you truly want. It actually makes me think of the book, Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Ben has been a guest on a few of our different coaching masterminds, those kind of things. And it's so true. It's like when you identify who, who are you and who do you really want to be and you start acting like you are already that person it's amazing the reframing, the rewiring that happens in your mind and allows you to lean into that future self. Again, regardless of age, regardless of you know success up to this point or lack of success up to this point, it doesn't matter. It's just making that conscious decision. You know, Christine, you've talked about you know how you've helped people on their journeys and how you've had your own journeys and how you're looking at who you want to be and donating time and money and energy to the arts and all those great things. So I would be curious, what are some of the practices that you put in place for yourself to stay congruent to what you've committed to and to remain aligned in those commitments? One of the things I've done, I mean, I do a lot of automatic giving. And so every, every first of the month, I get a few email messages that say, thank you for your generous donation, right? And that just helps to keep that programmed. I've also signed up for, there's a program with my public, with the Boston Public Library that you pledge a certain amount of money upon your death. So I did that. I said, okay, when I die, you get this much money. And so now you're part of this special society and you get invited to special events with other people who are focused on who know that they think the public library is very important and right. It, it just becomes, and you're meeting those kind of people. And, but it, it's almost like you're getting reminders in the email, you're getting reminders in the, in the snail mail, right? You, oh, that's right. I'm a generous person. I like to give money. I, I love to support these, pro these things. And there's a local theater here that's very small, but they're so talented. The people are just so incredibly talented. And so I love giving them like anonymous checks and <laughs> because then, and I'm just, and I picture them there like coming up and going, oh my goodness, oh, that's so exciting. You know, and just, it's just so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, you know, I love that you took it that direction too, where it's like, you can actually envision, like, I wonder what's happening when they're opening it and when they're seeing it and the excitement that it breeds. And I'm sure that's so fulfilling to you to think about that impact. And again, for our listeners tuning in, 
your impact can be what you want it to be. So it could be in the form of, you know, monetary donations like Christine's talking about. It can be in the form of your time. It can be your energy. I mean, there's so many different things that we can do to make an impact, to feel good about our contribution and to reshape who we're going to be in the future. So I, I think that's so powerful. So Christine, what, what are you working on right now that has got your energy up? Has you really excited kind of what's next for you? I do have, I just opened a co-working space. I call it the co-work, the beehive co-working community. And that's one of my, it's in a smallish town. So there isn't a big, there isn't really a gathering place for the community. And that's what I want this to become where we're actually, we just prior to this call, we're planning a Halloween party. We're going to think about maybe we could make like a little haunted house here, right? We just some really cool, interesting things to get the community engaged and involved. And, and, and then the other thing that is really still quite new for me is the coaching. And that's incredibly rewarding. And I love the success stories. You know, some people are still evolving, but some people have already found success and it's just so, I just love like a text. Oh, I just did this. I just started a new whatever. And, you know, one of my clients is, has started a new language program, teaching language to specific, mm-hmm. specific professions. And so she's, every time she adds something, she'll text me, oh, we just added, you know, I just hired somebody that speaks Chinese and we're going to be adding that to the program. And it's just like, yeah, I just get so energized and I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can just tell you have that true servant's heart because, and I think too, this is, this is proof of any great coach, somebody who truly is, is put on this earth to lead and impact people in that way. You know, when you do see somebody's win and when they're like, when you're one of the first people that they want to tell, there's something that's so rewarding and so exciting about that, where you just almost go for me, I go into that, that proud mama phase, right? (laughs) Yes. I take on the world, have all the wins. I love it. So that's, I I think that's so wonderful. And I'm excited to see you and your continued coaching journey and all of this evolve and the shared workspace too. I think it's such a testament. And, and I think about this from our listeners perspective, a lot of the time, what we crave and, and when we go into maybe a less than positive mindset, let's call it a lot of the time, what we need is community. And a lot of the time, what we need is putting ourselves around great people. So it falls back into what we talked about the Jim Rohn, the Brian Tracy, all this stuff yeah. is making sure that you're putting yourself around people that are going to help support you and uplift you and what you're doing with that work. I mean, indirectly, that's what it is. So I think that's kudos to you for doing that. Christine, you've got big ambitions and you've got the, this, this clear focus for what you want for your future, but we all know that things are not always sunshine, roses, and rainbows. So I would be curious, what are some of the practices that you put in place when you start to find yourself slipping into a funk, when you start to find yourself feeling down, like, man, what's this all for? Can I really do this? I'm exhausted. I can't take it anymore because we've all had those moments. What are some things that you do to kind of lift yourself back up? I really love to go for a drive Mm. and crank my music and like, just, you know, open the windows if I can sing along at the top of my lungs and just drive someplace beautiful and just be amazed in, in nature, like drive to the beach, walk on the beach, just be outside, be in the forest. But I also do what I think probably a lot of people do. You know, if I can't 
leave the office right at that moment just to put on some inspirational material, you know, get, you know, Tony Robbins yelling at me to stand up and shake my arms and whatever, right? To somebody that I know is going to be in a really good mindset that's going to help me to, to get out of there. And also I find looking at, I'm reading a book right now, The Gap and the Gain. And mm. we do so often, right? Look at the gap between where we are and where we want to be. But sometimes if you just look back to where you've come from, you think, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, right? I, I lost 70 pounds and yeah, sure, I have 20 to go, but look at this thing that I did, right? And that's sort of how I feel about my life. You know, I've lost 70 pounds and even though I want to still attain another 20, right? I mean, I, this is a figurative, not a literal, but that you can really start to, to recognize that you have made a lot of progress and that you're not as, the fact that you still may have that little bit to go and of course, you know, once you get to that goal, you're just going to move it anyway. <laughs> so you can't 100%. <laughs> about not meeting it yet. <laughs> the needle always moves. Exactly. It, you know, Christine, you bring up such a great point too, um, with the gap in the gain. So for those of you that have tuned in for a long time now to our episodes, uh, you know, that we are huge fans and huge advocates for Dan Sullivan, uh, founder of strategic coach. And that's where that concept comes from. And, you know, I know Christine, you mentioned how really the, the gap in the gain is essentially don't stay in the gap of looking at how far you have to go stay in the gain by looking at how far you've come. It also makes me think about, this is another Dan ism where he talks about how nothing is actually good or bad. It's our thinking that makes it that way. And if you really sit back and, and think about that for a minute, it's like life is life and things happen as they happen. But oftentimes it's the six inches between our ears that can <laughs> cause us to fall off course, cause us to falter, maybe not reach the, the full potential that we're supposed to. So, you know, pouring into resources and books like that, I know that's for me too. And all I could think Christine was we need to go on a road trip or something because yes. I love, love driving with the windows down. I love singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> so we got to do this. We got to make this happen. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, I love it. So my last couple of questions for you, Christine, you know, if you were, you know, I know you mentioned your charitable inclinations and you've mentioned kind of what you're working on now, what is one really big aspiration that you have for your future? I love to travel and right. When you go somewhere and you're like, oh, this is such a great place. Then you want to sometimes go back there. I have to stop doing that. And I want to actually visit every country in the world before mm. I drop dead, not this year. Right. But before I die. So when I'm looking for things, yeah. I want to always go to, so already this year I've gone to two new countries, but you know, it's already September. So I need to get on the stick. <laughs> Got to get that next one booked. Well, but I just made that goal when I was turning 60 and I said, okay, what do I want to, what's really important, what I want to make sure I focus on. And so that was one thing I really want to visit every country in the world. So, um, I'm hot on the trail of that goal. I love that. And, you know, this could probably spin off into a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but the one thing I want to point out here too, is that, you know, as people are thinking about the big aspirations, the big dreams for the future, a lot of times there is money tied to that and things that, that need to happen or fall in place in order to make those aspirations reality, not always, but a lot of times. So I think it's so important for, for our listeners to really embrace and say, you know what, 
I'm going to eliminate or eliminate or limit any money blocks that I have where I have guilt over wanting to make more or produce more or have even more impact or even more income because you know that it supports that future that you want and the impact you want to make. So I promise I won't go down that rabbit hole, but I think that just opened up such a great opportunity to make mention of that, that, you know, that's why we do what we do and we create impact. And with that comes monetary gain. And I think that's okay. And that's important, especially for women to embrace that. Well, and Brittany, you know, you bring up a great point as well, because I've noticed that making financial goals for myself is really just not that livening for me. I just don't get that like, oh, yippee, I just made X amount. Yes. Who cares about the money, right? I'm not going to accumulate it and sit it in the bank. I want to do stuff with it. I want it to bring me experiences. And that is really even more than stuff. I gladly drive around in a rented crappy vehicle to have all (laughs) kinds of amazing travels and adventures and excitement. So for me, it's not the stuff. It's not the money. It's definitely the experiences. And that's where my, that's where my energy and my life force comes from. Mm. And I think that's so powerful. It's, it's, again, it goes back to alignment, to vision and to that bigger purpose for what we want our life to look like and owning that. And I think that's so powerful. So Christine, if you could leave just one piece of advice for our listeners, what would that look like? Don't try to do it alone. Mm. And I'm not saying that like selfishly because I'm doing coaching, right? I'm saying that because that was one of my big problems is that I felt like if I were, if I couldn't do it by myself, then I just shouldn't do it or, right? I just, I'm a loser if I need to ask for help. But in fact, why not leverage people who've done it before? Why not leverage people who can give you that positive energy or some encouragement, even if it's just reading a book or watching, I mean, watching a YouTube video, you can learn how to do anything on YouTube, but you don't need to do it by yourself. You don't. So that would be what I would say, lean on somebody, whether it's for emotional or instructional or anything physical, right? My mother, I had to tell you a funny story very quickly. When I did, when my husband and I did split up, which was many, many, many years ago. Now, this is not a, right. Not a sore topic, but um, my mother told me that one of the reasons was because I never asked him to open jars for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one. Right. But you you understand her point. Like I, I can do it. You know, I don't need you. I can do it myself. And that attitude obviously made him feel kind of superfluous. (laughs) Like, what what am I doing here? (laughs) So Allow, even if it's just something that you could do yourself, if someone else can do it more easily, there's a thing out there, a Superman would be a great pizza delivery guy. Yes, but is that (laughs) actually his highest and best use, right? Allow other people to help you, especially doing stuff that, that that doesn't bring you joy. Offload, delegate, ask for help and, and allow people to, to shine and to show you what they can do and how excited and how valuable they can be as you help each other to achieve your goals. Right. I mean, Mm. that was kind of a long answer. (laughs) That was a wonderful answer. And I'm going to forever remember this whole opening jars thing. (laughs) I feel like I got to go home and have my husband open a jar real quick. (laughs) Could you just help me with this? (laughs) That's so good. So Christine, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, reach out, talk about the coaching, just talk about life in general, uh, make that connection. How can they get a hold of you? The easiest way, right, short of giving you lists of the 4,000 different places I am on social media, just my website, chrismccarran.com, very easy. And you can, with a little work, you can find everything there. 
I love it. And we will make sure that that goes into the show notes here um, so that everybody has that quick link for reference. Christine, I'm so grateful to you and for you spending your time here today and the impact that you will continue to make. And I got to give a shout out real quick to our friend, Justin Breen, who introduced us. If anybody needs any sort of PR connections, anything, can we please just lean on Justin Breen? Because that man still continues to put wonderful people in my path, just like you. And I'm so forever grateful. Thank you, Brittany. It's so true. Anyone, whenever you get an intro from Justin, you know, the person's going to be fun and interesting. And you know, you're going to have a great conversation like you and I've just had. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It was my great pleasure That wraps up today's episode of the Dream Architect Life podcast. Continue dreaming big and we'll catch you back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning. 